Our special thanks to Podcorn for sponsoring our show, Discover Your Potential. Podcorn is a unique marketplace that connects podcasters and radio shows to amazing sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, discussions. Podcasters of all kinds can browse and choose opportunities right within the platform. They can set their own rates and collaborate directly with the brand without any exclusivities. Their mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when the podcaster monetize. Go to podcorn.com forward slash podcasters. You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with renowned radio talk show host and certified holistic practitioner, Cindy Gilman. So listen, participate, be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here she is, Cindy Gilman. And welcome, 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 my darlings, to all of you who are listening. Uh, it's good to be back on this Sunday. I know it's pre-holidays and everybody seems to be busy, busy, busy. They're walking around wishing everybody happy holidays. But I'm seeing things on their face that don't go along with it. Everybody seems stressed and under pressure and we know what that means. I know sometimes uh, sometimes we expect or our, our expectations for the holidays may be like a Norman Rockwell painting, but then when we get together with family and friends, sometimes things come up that bring back a painful memory, and that's part of what we're going to be talking about today, how to let go of that. But I want to read something to you. A creed for every day and every dream. May you find serenity and tranquility in a world you may not always understand. May the pain you have known and the conflict you have experienced give you the strength to walk through life facing each new situation with courage and optimism. Always know that there are those whose love and understanding will always be there, even when you feel most alone. And may you discover enough goodness in others to believe in a world of peace. May a kind word, a reassuring touch, and a warm smile be yours every day of your life. And may you give these gifts as well as receive them. Remember the sunshine when the storm seems unending. Teach love to those who hate and let that love embrace you as you go into the world. I thought it was appropriate because this time of year may bring up it may bring up some painful memories. It may bring up some things that you haven't been able to let go of. And that's why during this time, I invited a woman who I have known for a few decades when she first wrote her first book, Forgiveness, A Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart. Robin Kasarjan is not only a wonderful counselor, 
but she is the founder of the Lionheart Foundation. And over the years, she has helped thousands, thousands and thousands of people, not just from the books that she's written, but just through the ideas and her her work and herself. She is selfless. She is giving. And she has new programs that I didn't know about since I last spoke with her. Robin, in her bio, says that her life has been focused on facilitating the work of the Lionheart Foundation over many years. And she would appreciate some attention to this work being a topic. And that is some of the work that's being done in the prison systems. After she wrote, after she wrote Forgiveness, a Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart, she wrote another book called Houses of Healing. Welcome, Robin. Thank you so much, Cindy. Great to be here. It's wonderful to have you on. You know, we talked several decades ago when you first wrote and did lectures on forgiveness. So Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit before we get into the work that you're doing right now. Let's talk a little bit about the whole aspect of how forgiveness can transform a person's life. Absolutely. Well, I often think of it as, you know, when we hold on to anger and resentment, obviously we feel pretty miserable, uh, bottom line. And um, I think of it as like we we have a handcuff around our wrist and we're handcuffed to the person toward whom we feel that resentment. And usually that's the last person we really want to go through our life kind of dragging along with us. And forgiveness, you know. In your book, Forgiveness, uh, Forgiveness, a Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart, you acknowledge different types of forgiveness, forgiving your parents, forgiving your spouse, forgiving the children, self-forgiveness, forgiving your body in sickness and in health, and forgiveness with groups. And, you know, we tend to, when all else fails, we go to the highest source. So forgiving God... (laughs) And right. I guess each each group that you mention, is there a different approach? Um, there really isn't necessarily a, a different approach. I think forgiveness in its bottom line is that willingness to uh, see a situation differently. Um, it's, it's really a process of... of um, you know, seeing uh, beyond the fears and the idiosyncrasies and the mistakes of others um, or the seeming mistakes of others to um, to really see instead a part of another person that um, is is has limitless potential and is is worthy of our love. And I, I think one of the important things that doesn't mean that we condone their behavior. Uh, right. that we repress our anger, that we behave in a particular way, 
that we forget what they did, because we certainly won't forget that. Um, we can't forget. That was reality. Exactly, exactly. But, but if we forgive, we free ourselves. Exactly. And we see it in a different way, rather than taking it in such a, even though it, you know, the the implications of whatever happened might be very personal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we were able to step back in a way that we see the other person's confusion, unskillfulness, ignorance. Um, and, and it can also cause physical problems within ourselves if we hold on to all that pain. Absolutely, absolutely. It will it will definitely grind us down, and our and our nervous system can't distinguish between something that's actually happening and something that's reoccurring over and over in our mind, which is the nature of resentment. You know that we right. feel again and again and again the situation. Forgiveness um, helps us to you know let go of the the chains that bind us to someone else and. And again, see the situation differently in a way that we don't take it as personally. We see it more, this is an expression of the other person's woundedness and separation from, uh, you know, the best in themselves. And again, it's, it's, it's not about what we do. We, we can see that and say, I'm out of here, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to stay in this relationship any longer. But it's, it's so that if we don't stay there, we don't drag, uh, you know, we don't drag that person with us into the rest of our life. Or if we do stay there, we can be more present to the present moment and deal effectively with the issues. That have, you know, yes. Sometimes when people come into my office and they say, oh, I have such a pain in my neck, I go, really? (laughs) Who's the pain in the neck? (laughs) Exactly. That, you know, people, we don't hold on to that resentment without it taking quite a toll on us, whether it be emotionally, physically, um, both, you know, spiritually, we become disconnected from, you know, the the our deepest wisdom and and clarity and love. You know, resentment and love don't exist in this, you know, in the, in the same, same space, so to speak. Right. So there's a, there's a lot to be um, a lot to be gained by forgiving. I just I want to give out our call-in number if anybody wants to call in and talk about their own situation and perhaps Robin and I can help you with it. The phone number is 888-627-6008. I'll repeat that. 888-627-6008. Because sometimes people say, well, how can I forgive that person? They did such a job on me. I just can't, I can't see how I can possibly forgive them. Right. And, and that usually means that if, if they feel that way, uh, it usually means that they think that forgiving implies a certain thing, like forgiving them means that I'm saying their behavior was okay. When it, absolutely isn't okay. 
um, you know, that we're condoning uh, a hurtful or insensitive behavior or um, it, they may feel like in forgiving, I have to push my anger away and act as if everything's fine and it isn't. And part of the forgiving process is, is initially is acknowledging your anger. And um, it doesn't mean you behave in a particular way. Um, uh, but and it certainly doesn't mean, as we said before, that you forget. But it means that you can step back, see the person and circumstance in a way uh, that you realize it's if if indeed the situation is such that you've been hurt by another person, it it may definitely be a product of their own woundedness and confusion right. and immaturity, and um, and and you begin to see that in a way where, and I think this is kind of a bottom line where we don't have to take their behavior so personally, well, you know that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. This is the this week is the anniversary of the Sandy Hook horrific experience mm-hmm. where so many people's children were killed. Right. And it's hard to say to a parent who's lost a child from some sort of atrocity. You just have to forgive them. Mm-hmm. First of all, you don't have to forgive anyone. So it, it really is, a, is a, a choice that you make. And again, the forgiveness isn't for the other person. The forgiveness is to free yourself. Forgiveness frees the forgiver. It sees the confusion, uh, it, sometimes in a literal sense, the insanity um, of the person in a situation like this. Um, you know, and, and to take that that person's, the shooter's, you know, craziness, basically, you know, insanity, and um, and and carry that as a heavy burden. Yes, you'll carry the grief of your of the fact that you lost your precious child, and, and right. that will never go away. But you know, you it, it, you don't want to burden yourself. Further on top of the grief, right. um, you know, to to carry this person with you um, because they were so wounded and misguided and, um, you know, sick, basically. You know, the, the sad it, thing is that we're living in a very different kind of world right now, where we're seeing more and more of these major shootings and stabbings and it just seems that every day there's some some atrocity going on where Mm -hmm. people helplessly are are either killed or wounded or Mm -hmm. hurt and it's I mean it's painful for me as an empath because I feel it so deeply, I, it, it's um, I just can't remember a time within my lifetime where there was so much of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it really calls on everyone um, to in really kind of embrace. Uh, you know, a spiritual life in a sense is an expression. Life is like a stone mill. 
It will either grind you down or it will polish you up. And which it does is ultimately up to you. This is a time when we really need to go to our deepest resources, inner resources, um, and nurture our spiritual life so that we can, you know, not be so ground down and to be a positive force in the world, uh, that we can bring hope and we can show up in a way, um, you know, that's peaceful, that's wise, that's uh, affirmative, and that is is a light for other people, and um, you know, and to and to just be a loving presence in the world, rather than be lost in the despair. Uh, that would be easy to get lost in if you're if you're focused on the outer life without nurturing an inner life, a connection uh, to a peace, a wisdom, a, you know, a, um, to that light within, you know, you're kind of fried, <laughs> basically. It's, let, it's, me, no, yeah, it, let me give out our number again if people okay, want to sure. call in. It's 888-627-6008. And our uh, technology person, who Don, will answer your call. And uh, you don't have to give out your full name, but if there's a situation that Robin or I can help you with, we can do that. The number is 888-627-6008. So, Robin, we're going to take a short break. Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner, as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401-885-4115. And we are back. Don, we didn't even get to say hello to you today, and you're working all the technology there. Happy holidays, Don. <laughs> He's not talking to me. No, So let's, I'm hoping some people will call in because it would be nice to hear from people who are dealing with issues from the past that we can help through the power and source of forgiveness. 888-627-6008. My guest today... Robin Kassarjan, author of Forgiveness, A Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart, and also Houses of Healing. And let's get into that a little bit, because that's a big part of, uh, of the Lionheart Foundation. Okay. Are you there? 
I am, Cindy. I got knocked off the line, but I'm back. Oh, dear. Um, so uh, what I started to say is your second book, Houses of Healing, are based on the tremendous work you're doing within the prison system. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. And, um, well, you know, in, in, in 1988, I was giving a public talk on forgiveness. And a woman came up to me after the talk and said, what you're saying would be so relevant for the men I teach in a medium security prison in Massachusetts to hear. Would you be willing to come in and give a talk? And I'd never uh-huh. been in a prison. I'd never thought about going into a prison. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the, the idea intrigued me. And I said, sure, I, I would be willing to, uh, to come in. And she said, well, you know, it's not part of an ongoing class, so I don't know whether we'll get more than a couple of people to show up. So uh, the prison was over an hour from my home, and I thought, oh, you know, why did I say I would do this? No one's going to be there. You know, one or two people I bet people the room come. was packed. Uh, there were 120 men at 9.30 uh-huh. in the morning waiting for the talk to begin, and it was just an amazing interchange. And they sat quietly for a couple of hours and asked great questions, and the psychologist at the prison said, you know, would you come back and teach a course, not just give this one-shot deal? And uh, I said I would. We limited the class to 16 uh, prisoners, 16 men. but um, All and, wounded and the sec- children. Yes, absolutely. And the second week of the course, I just said this is a calling for me. I just loved it. I've been teaching in the healthcare setting, the corporate setting, which, you know, which I liked. But this I felt like there was a thirst uh, that I did not find um, in the other places. I mean, people were interested, but here there was really a thirst for something that could help them make meaning of their lives, grow, heal. And and so I just, I started, I developed a course, uh, which was originally called Emotional Awareness, Emotional Healing. And after four years of teaching in the prisons, I thought, this is great. I love it, but I don't reach that many people. Maybe there's another book to be written to try to bring the spirit and the content of this work to How, prisoners when, across the United States. When, at first, when you went into the prisons yourself, how did these, were they all male prisoners or females as well? Uh, initially, it was all men because, of course, the, there's no co-ed prison. So you mm-hmm. know, you're either in a man's prison or a right, woman's that, prison. But and that's what always, I meant. Did you go to yeah. any female prisons? I, I, I did teach in, in women's prisons, but uh, the majority are, were, have been men's prisons. And the reason for that is that there are many more men prisons that uh, house men than incarcerate men than there are right. women. What was their emotional reaction when actually gave them that aha moment? Um, well, I think that, you know, I think when you speak, uh, I, I once want to say truth to people, you know, when they see that there is another way of looking at things, that mm-hmm. they can begin to make sense of their lives. And with with the work that I do in prison, it's, it's not only the emotional self-regulation work of teaching people relaxation and meditation and cognitive mm-hmm. reframing. How can you see a situation differently so that when you get triggered, you don't have to be so 
you know, at the effect of your initial reaction, but you can choose to see it differently. But additionally, in the curriculum that I developed in the prison and work that I had been doing before, we do a lot of looking at the impact of childhood wounding and really how to start the recovery process. And when you work with the prison population, you're working with a very wounded population. I mean, there aren't too many people in prison who grew up in a happy, you know, um, nurturing, loving family. Um, I'm not suggesting that they don't have a parent that's loving and nurturing, but generally, you know, they... There's some sort of dysfunction. There's some sort of dysfunction, um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of poverty, and... um, and and they grow up in areas where, you know, gang involvement might look like a good option for them. Um, so not all the time, but, you know, this, uh, I'm sure that you can, you know, imagine that this is, these, these are people that have had challenges and often come from poor communities. Now, are these people, is it a dormitory style medium security security or is it is it um people who are what's the term i want uh, solitary confinement solitary or? correct uh it's it's everything over the years um i had a, a fabulous opportunity a couple of years ago um i have been uh, awarded over the last 5 years for what they call innovative grants from the California Department of Correction and Rehabilitation. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them gave Lionheart, the Lionheart Foundation, which is what I created and direct mm-hmm. in order to bring this work uh, into the prison systems, um, gave us the opportunity to deliver a 14-session self-study program. We would mail uh, the session out once a week for 14 weeks mm-hmm. um, to solitary confinement, and we had over 600 men um, in in two solitary units in California. They call it the SHU, Special Housing Units, uh, that went through the Houses of Healing self-study program. And um, the response was really, I don't know, I, I must call it remarkable. It's like when you give people an opportunity, and here, you know, they're in isolation 22 to 24 hours a day, so... Right. There's not a lot going on, and so for some of them, it's this opportunity, um, not a wanted one, but there they are, and and they and there's not much else to do, and they really embrace it. I think when people read something uh, mm-hmm. or are told something that resonates um, with the truth for them, something is awakened in them, and. Um, and so they're given the material to work with on their own. They are. So, uh, they they are sent the Houses of Healing book, uh, mm-hmm. which and we've distributed about one hundred and eighty thousand copies of that book since the um, founding of the of the Lionheart Foundation and its National Emotional Literacy Project for Prisoners. Mm. That's kind of the frame of it. And then we developed years later the National Emotional Literacy Project for Youth at Risk. Um, but um, 
and our goal was to put multiple copies of Houses of Healing into every prison library in the United States. So thus, you know, over the years, we've distributed over 180,000 free copies wow. of the book. Um, but this was, people sign up for the course. No one, no one is ever forced to take it. That would not be a, a good context in which to, uh, you know, engage in this kind of work. You can't force any, anyone to, to do this kind of work. But they're given the option. And as I said, 600. And we actually have 50 men in, on death row and San Quentin signed up for the program as well. Really? It wasn't part of the grant, but because it's a solitary situation, I thought, well, let's take advantage of that. And if they, if anybody in, in death row cares, because sometimes people are on death row for years, years. and years, even decades. Right. right. So we had a wonderful response from uh, that as well. I mean, people, you know, the people, a lot of people are ready for this type of work, and um, just the, the reaction to the program, uh, 100% of respondents you know, said that they would recommend the program to other people. And um, um, So is most of your work in California, or is it throughout the country? Well, we've had a very, it's throughout the country. Um, and what we do, what Lionheart does, is it uh, creates and develops curricula for this highly at-risk population of prisoners, highly at-risk adolescents, and teen parents. And our newest program, which will be coming out um, in probably a couple of months, it's been in the planning stages, which I'm also very excited about, is a program called EQ2. EQ is kind of the equivalent of IQ, but in the emotional realm rather than right. the intellectual realm. I was going realm. to talk to you about that in a bit. Um, yeah. Before we get into EQ2, I want to ask you personally, what what drove you to get into doing forgiveness work? Mm-hmm. Well... Um, really, the, the primary thing was it wasn't so much um, a personal struggle with the issue, right. although I think we can all always kind of polish Find ourselves something. up. <laughs> it wasn't like I didn't have things to forgive. You know, I right. had been raped, and, you know, for some oh, people, okay. that, that will devastate them for the rest of their lives. But, I, you know, I grew up in a household with a just an incredibly loving and forgiving mother, a mother who, you know, her, her, she went through the, the Turkish massacres of the Armenians and her brother starved to death. I mean, she had things yeah. to, that she could. And, and really, and I saw, in, in, uh, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm Armenian. Um, my parents were both Armenian. And, you know, and I saw a lot of Armenian relatives who, uh, or the people in the Armenian community, some, in, like any community, like my mother, were, you know, again, she was just an open-hearted, loving, forgiving person. And again, doesn't mean she condoned what happened or, you know, it's, it's, it's more that she wasn't going to be victimized by that for the rest of her life. She was bring, going to bring herself into the moment and, and see the possibilities for loving and, and an open-heartedness 
you know, in the in mm-hmm. the present. But for a lot of people, they go through that kind of experience, and they live their lives out angry and resentful. And it really was, and it does. Was she grind born them in down. this country, or was she no. from Armenia? No, she no, she was uh, uh, born in in um, well, what was then Turkey and became Armenia. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's the same for people who uh, survived World War Two and and uh, the Holocaust. Uh, right. The Armenians had their own Holocaust. Exactly. And, um, you know, I've worked with many people who whose parents were survivors of the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and their parents never talked about it with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they would talk to other people about it, but they never wanted to discuss it with their own children. Mm-hmm. So it, it was... Uh, Yeah, it had a very, you know, it's something that they carried with them. I right, mean, and I don't think, yeah, at some level, it's not like you don't carry it with you, but right. is it, is it, you know, is it something that is um, really robbing you of any possible joy and happiness uh, in the moment, you know. So. Right, and then and some people feel feel guilty for being happy or laughing or being in a, a pleasant ex- experience. Right, right, and that's and that's you know, and when these things happen, of course, it's not like you turn around and necessarily you know transform and heal that that uh, your your emotional life in, in a week or a year or, or five years. But over time, it's like, how do you, how do you dig so deeply into your, into your emotional and spiritual life? And, and I think you really have to be kind of quite intentional sometimes. Sometimes everybody has their own ways of dealing with these things. Um, about h- how do I heal and what are the things I can do to, to nurture that healing. But I saw, getting back to your question, I just saw in my work as a stress management trainer in a large health maintenance organization in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. the Harvard Community Health Plan at that time, right. in the corporate setting, um, that people could not um, have a, a, a really high quality uh, of, a, of emotional life if they were burdened with anger and resentment and guilt. So for me, the challenge was how do you translate, um, how, do you, how do you bring the teachings of forgiveness from a lofty ideal, not like you should forgive? Well, what does that mean? And exactly. it's not about you should, it's about right. hmm, forgiveness is an option. Is mm-hmm. there a way to understand it that makes it a workable option in your life so that you can begin to um, transform some of that anger and resentment um, and and guilt so that you can free yourself from it and be... Um, 
you know, and be a healing presence for yourself and for other people. Because it's you can't be that, really, if you're immersed and steeped and lost in the anger and resentment and guilt. Right. Um, I'm hoping some people will call in. The number is 888-627-6008. I can't imagine that there are people out there listening, my wonderful listeners who I appreciate so much, um, that haven't had an experience that they might need some assistance with. So 888-627-6008. Robin, we're going to take a little break. We'll come back and we will talk about EQ2. Sounds great. Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401-885-4115. So, for those of you who are just joining us, Happy holidays to all of you. I hope some of your holiday expectations are met. Um, holidays can be a very stressful time. There's so much to do. People are worried about getting gifts for people and getting their homes ready and preparing specific holiday foods, whichever you celebrate. So just take it easy. <laughs> enjoy. Let yourself enjoy the holiday. And don't put yourself through that anguish of, I have to get it done today. There's still time. My guest today, for those of you who are just joining us, is Robin Kasarjan. And the basis of her work is in forgiveness. We talked a little bit earlier about the different types of forgiveness um, that she has in her first book, um, self-forgiveness, that's a, that's a big one, um, forgiving your body, forgiving groups, forgiving your parents, your spouse, forgiving the children. But basically, as Robin has mentioned earlier in the program, it's all about forgiving so you can free yourself. So let's talk a little bit about the the new program that seems very exciting called EQ2. Well, EQ2, of course, because we work with highly at-risk adolescents, um, one of the, um, it, the contexts in which our work has been well-received, our program for our adolescence, and the umbrella of that is the National Emotional Literacy Project for Youth at Risk. Um, so this is for young people. This, well, EQ2 is our, our program called Power Source, Taking Charge of Your Life, is for mm -hmm. young people. It mm -hmm. is for adolescents. Um, okay. That, but EQ2, uh, for the direct care workers, 
who work with these adolescents in residential care or any place where they're with these young people for many, many hours a day. So most uh, of them are in residential treatment centers or group homes. Uh, they could be in either of those, or it even could be maybe a community program where, again, but one where they're maybe out of high school or in an in a alternative kind of high school setting where um, people are working with them for many hours a day, maybe on job training or whatever. But the point of EQ, too, is EQ, again, being the emotional quotient, it's... Um, uh, what we're really aiming to do is, is nurture the emotional growth of youth through our youth program. But um, EQ2 is the emotional uh, maturity and growth of the youth and the emotional maturity and growth of the staff equals EQ2. So if you're teaching these skills to the youth, but the staff aren't really supported in learning these same kind of emotional regulation techniques and ways of working, seeing the youth that, um, you know, we stress over and over that that the staff have a very tough job to be for six hours a day or seven hours a day with highly at-risk adolescents who are, are by nature, if they're in that in that place, oftentimes, you know, very emotionally dysregulated and can be very triggering. So if you don't have those emotional regulation skills yourself as a kind of caretaker or counselor or, again, in this case, direct care worker, not a a psychologist or somebody who works with them for 40 minutes and then their weekly time is up, but somebody who's with them all day long, every day. It's so important. Yeah, that's right. And most of them don't make very much money. Exactly. It's a hard job. They don't make a lot of money. Um, Sometimes they're not appreciated enough. And I think part of the appreciation is giving them the uh, giving them the nurture, the skills and the nurturance that they need to be mm-hmm. able to show up for the young people in a good way so that you're really creating a healing environment. Because, you know, in some places you might find that there are a lot of restraints that go on. And if there are a lot of restraints, it's saying, hmm, what's going on here that that's happening? Um, that, that, that the context and the environment is such that are we giving the staff the skills they need so that they know how to de-escalate the young people, but de-escalate themselves so it doesn't turn into something like a, um, you know, a restraint, a physical restraint situation. You know, it's so- not like... Yeah, it's not like those are never going to happen, but you really want to keep that kind of thing to a a minimum, an absolute minimum, and you want to create a healing environment where these young people feel safe and and know that the person that's a, a, a caretaker is really kind of solid in themselves so that they're, again, they're not reacting, they can see the best in the young person, 
and and they're not getting triggered all the time themselves or or they get triggered but they're able to manage that trigger very quickly so it doesn't escalate so can you can you give us a little bit about what actually is involved in the EQ2 program um well, again, it, it will help them to, uh, the, it will teach a, a number of emotional regulation techniques like. to staff, oh, like meditation, like relaxation, a lot of cognitive reframing. Um, it will help them to really look at, um, you know, their own beliefs about certain behaviors and situations and how they can reframe it, and um, it, um, it it helps them explore their own, uh, again, the kind of beliefs and, and attitudes that they're going into. And is there a better way to, to look at situations? A more, uh, by better, I mean in a more effective way so right. that th- they can see the situation in a way that really leads to a good outcome, a positive outcome where the youth feel supported and um and they're not in a they're not in a battle with you rather than rather they see that there's an adult there who cares about them. It's going to set limits and you know, sometimes non negotiable limits, but at the right. same time it's not about control. It's about relationship. Right. And now, is some of the forgiveness work incorporated in the EQ2 program? Well, it, it certainly is in the sense that um, forgiveness uh, in the way that, that I have always taught it and framed it is that it really is seeing the best in people. It's seeing what, what we refer to as the core self in other people. It doesn't mean we ignore their behaviors or we don't set limits or whatever, but it's there's this fundamental respect that comes from not just, oh, I'm dealing with this difficult person who's a uh, whatever, whatever their, you know, crime might be in prison or what you're seeing something okay, all of that may be true, but you're you're seeing that in the context of a of a much bigger reality that says, I know fundamentally that you are a decent, wise, uh, lovable um, person with the capacity to love, um, that you can make good choices for yourself. So forgiveness is, is this, is this um, the, the willingness to see that in other people and relate to that in other people. And, I mean, um, when you're dealing with young people who are in residential treatment centers or group homes, I mean, most of them have been wounded so badly that, that that's what brought them into these situations. Right. And so you really want to create, and in some ways, you're... As a direct care worker, you're kind of what is sometimes referred to as a proxy parent. You're mm-hmm. the adult that's showing up for them all day long, every day. So because you want to be. Most of them didn't. Well, they've either had family situations that were dysfunctional, or 
or non-existent or uh, or the parents you know, might situations be, where there right, is a, a lot of um, physical or emotional pain. Um, that, yep, that is true. Or a lot of absence. You might have, right. you know, you might grow up in a community where, you know, there aren't a lot of good options. And, um, you know, for engagement for the young person, it might be a one-parent uh, household. Um, they may grow up in a, in a household where there is a, a substance abuse or, you know, or, or as you, you know, as you mentioned, any kind of abuse. Or you might have a, a loving parent who has to be out m- most of the time working so that right. your kid can eat. You know, so, you know, every situation is, is, is different or, or, you know, the parents may be very young and perhaps immature themselves emotionally. It, it's just every situation is different. But right. once they're in residential, you want to support the direct care staff as much as you can to, um, to really appreciate, um, you know, although they probably already do this, how difficult their work is, right. and you want to support them in knowing that realizing this is a tough job, we want to nurture the skills in you and the perspectives in you that are going to empower you and help you to show up in the best way that you can for the young people. Now, people in residential treatment, are many of them dealing with severe depression, anxiety? You mean the young people? Yes. Yeah, um, uh, for sure. For sure. They, you know, they, there's all kinds of, you, you know, things going on. It could be depression, anxiety, a lot of ADD, you know, a, a lot of that. And then, disorder. And, um, that that may be a different some maybe to some degree, but we're not talking really about. Although this could be very useful there as well, we're not talking about a uh, necessarily a real kind of psychiatric situation. Uh-huh. Let's say with somebody with severe bipolar. Um, so, but mm-hmm. the type of people who are in residential treatment, what what kinds of issues are they dealing with? Uh, I'm not quite sure I understood the question. The young people who are in residential treatment. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there's a lot of just like in prison, and a lot of these young people, you know, certainly if they're not given the kind of support they need, may end up in prison. Um, um, Before we run out of time, I want to give out some information First of all, for people who would like to uh, receive your book, Forgiveness, A Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart, where can they get that? Um, Probably, you know, um, Amazon is one place that it can be purchased. And then Mm -hmm. it's been in print for like over 25 years. So some books... Yeah, I know it's, been, it's hard it's to believe long, time goes by so fast. Really, it's had a long run. So they may and, be able and, to get it in the local bookstore, but certainly if it's not on the shelf, a local bookstore can order it or they can. Who are, for people who are listening, who want, who may be working in a situation that we just spoke about, how mm-hmm. would they get in touch with, with you? 
sure. Um, the best thing to do is just to go to our website, and then they'll get all, uh, you know, all the information they would need to, to contact me or to learn a lot more about our programs. And uh, that, and that is, is, yep, w- that is, yep. www.lionheart, and we'll spell that L-I-O-N-H-E-A-R-T dot Dot org. org. Right, exactly. Lionheart being one word, lionheart.org. Now, do you get donations for your work, or is it all done through grants? No, it's definitely not all done through grants. This has been a, you know, just a a great um, benefit to us. And and these grants will run out. um, And this is very unusual, what's happening in California. I don't know if it's happening in any other state, so it's not like something that's going on all the time. But, um, uh, yes, we we have a, a... you know, a donor base, and we're, uh, and it's not a large donor base, but we do have a donor base, and they, they're invaluable to our functioning. Uh, we get grants. We also do trainings for certain departments of, um, primarily in the youth area. We've recently done one for the New York City Department of Parole, and we do it sometimes for departments of juvenile justice. Um, I used to do, uh, pro- trainings for, uh, correctional systems. I'm, I've kind of stepped back from that right now, um, and they're not usually as invested as as youth organizations do. So it's it's across, it's across the board, and and then and then we get grants, research grants. We our youth program uh, for adolescents is a evidence based program. Um, we got a large. Um, grant in conjunction with our research partners at New York University from the National Institutes from Health for Health, uh, which um, culminated in PowerSource being um, a evidence an evidence based program and uh, listed on the Department of um, Juvenile uh, um, I think it's Juvenile Justice but programs that work for for that population. Um, so it's it's multi it's very varied uh, the income stream and first you know I, small nonprofit it's it's always a challenge and right absolutely yeah. do I detect another book coming out? Well, EQ two is our next our next thing, and that's going to that's it's been a you know a huge undertaking because we're going beyond the books and the handbooks and the facilitator guides with this right. program this program will also have an app and a um a learning management system and in a kind of train the trainer approach to working uh with the staff so for um programs uh, systems don't have to hire us to do the training. They can just get the learning management system, which is a train. It, it does train their staff to train. And yeah, so. Um, Any and, last words of or suggestions for our wonderful audience? Well, you know, the, the, the last thing I would say and kind of returning to where we started today is just reinforcing a couple of the points that uh, you made, Cindy, and, and I made, which is to, to realize that 
forgiveness is a gift that we give to ourselves. It's the most precious gift that we can give to ourselves um, because it allows us and empowers us to live in peace and to to be a to really to be a positive presence and a loving presence in the world because we're not caught up in 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 the blaming and judging and mm-hmm. it's again it's not that it, it, the things people do um, are are right or or should be condoned in any way if it's been hurtful to to you or to others but it's just forgiveness is a shift in perception it's another way of looking at what has been done that allows us to not take another person's woundedness and hurtful behavior so much in a deeply uh, personal way. As a child, you can't help but take it personally. But as an adult, you can look at it and say, this isn't personal. This is about them and their woundedness. Robin, you are an exceptional person. I know you're very modest about what you do, but you have helped thousands of people become better human beings. Well, thank you, Cindy. I thank you so much. I thank you for coming on tonight. Oh, my pleasure. for all the wonderful work you do, and God bless. Well, thank you uh, so much. I hope we'll talk again. I hope so, and I just wish you and your staff and your listening audience um, a wonderful, uh, blessed, and... um, uh, just a just a wonderful new year filled with new Thank possibilities for love and peace. forgiveness. Let's hope it's a peaceful one. Yes, indeed. All right. Thank you, Robin. My pleasure. Uh, you've been listening to Discover Your Potential. This is Cindy Gilman, and uh, I thank you, Don, for being there for us today and navigating us through all the technical facilities, and I wish all of you uh, a life of forgiveness, a life of freeing yourself from the pain and anger, dysfunction, whatever you have had to deal with in your life. I wish you the gift of forgiveness. Free yourself. Love yourself and love the people around you who do care about you. So this is Cindy Gilman. I'll be back again soon. Thank you, Don, for a wonderful program. And uh, we'll see you next time. Hello. I am Ron Hayden of Voices Unlimited. I've been writing and voicing radio and television commercials, toys, games, corporate sales and training, and so much more for over 25 years nationally and globally. I will write or co-write and voice your radio or TV spots on hold messages or whatever you need in one of my many voices or celebrity voices, custom characters, or an announcer voice. A great gift idea. Have me make a celebrity phone call for a special occasion. Just go to www.ronhayden.com to sample my voice demos. Email me at rhvoices1 at msn.com. I look forward to working with you. In a high voice, a low voice, or just my voice.